Thanks for joining us for today's sermon on the Brick Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Jared Callahan. I'm the lead pastor here at the Brick, and we're so excited that you're going to check out today's message. Our prayer is that each week the message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you connect to God, maybe in a brand new way. We also pray that you connect with us as a community, that it doesn't stop just with your connection with God, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with the people at the Brick Church. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's jump into today's message. And over the last few weeks, we've been processing is that what we believe is that God's rhythm God, that there are patterns that we can create inside of our lives that help us move towards the people God's called us to be, to have the life that he's called us to have. And, and to catch you up, in week one, we talked about what's generosity, right? That we believe that as a church, we've been called to be irrationally generous because we believe that it is truly more blessed to give than to receive. And that really just comes from the fact that like God initiated generosity to us. Like when he gave us Jesus, he emptied heaven on our behalf. And because of that, we respond with our generosity. That, that rhythm for us helps us stay in the understanding of who God is and what he says about us when he's done for us. <clears throat> and then last week, who we talked about were spiritual practices. Now, like our mission as a church is to help people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And the way you do that is by creating spiritual rhythms and practices inside your lives. We talked about prayer, we talked about worship, we talked about scripture and how when we do all of these things, they're helping us move towards the person God's called us to be. Because he didn't just to create us to leave us out here. He wants to form us, to help us realize the full potential of everything he's called us to be. Now I'm the student pastor, so that means we're gonna have a little bit of fun real quick. So at the movies is next week, you know what I'm saying? Preview week, so we're gonna do a video and we're gonna have a good time with it. But today I'm gonna give you a little taste of what that feels like. I've got a clip for you today that's gonna set up what we're gonna have a conversation about. So without further ado, let's check it out. Listen, when I was a kid, we didn't have like TiVo invented just yet. And so like you were stuck watching commercials and they were the worst, right? Because you knew that show you were trying to watch is the only reason you're here. Like you care less about what they're selling. But there was this brief moment of time where these things existed, these amazing Starburst commercials. And I would like live every week. Like I got so stoked when the commercial would come because the whole idea of a screaming mime is like, if y'all would ever give me a gig, you know I can't do, that's it. Tell me to be quiet and paint you a picture with just my hands and I have them. I'm gonna be the screaming mime because I need you to get the point, right? <clears throat> and it's funny because like it really is the most absurd contradiction, a loud mime. But I think the next clip that if they were to bring this back today and to recreate this commercial, you know what I think would be a great contradiction? <clears throat> is the idea that a Christian could exist and not serve. That like one of the greatest contradictions in the world is the idea that we would say that we are followers of Jesus, but we don't serve. Like we want all the benefits of who God is and what he's done for us while making sure that it's not a pattern of who we are. Like we're actually not gonna go out of our way to extend anything to anybody else. We're not gonna serve. We are great followers of Jesus, we don't serve though. And it doesn't really make any sense. Like you can't have both. Like that nothing about the life of Jesus has ever really given room to believe that as followers of Jesus, we can have an excuse not to serve. Like in many ways, I think that it's true to say that like, like a litmus test of our faith is whether or not we do serve. That like, 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 like God has called his disciples, people who are followers of him to be people that serve. Like, like the reason you know an apple tree is an apple tree is not by its color, it's by the fruit on the tree. Right? Like when you walk out there, it's like, it could be any tree, but when you see the apple, you know, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's an apple tree. Like I'm, I'm gonna go grab me 
the apple. And one of the greatest ways that the church has been seen throughout history, like when it's at its best, it's a people group who serve, who love for the good of one another, who fight for each other, who believe the best, who show up when it's difficult, when it's messy and love anyways. Like the final rhythm that we have to add to this whole series is really the fact that we have to understand that inside of our lives, serving is a must. It's not optional in the kingdom. It is something we've been called and commanded by our king to do and to make rhythmatic inside of our lives. Like the most simple definition of a Christian is what? Like followers of Christ. Like we follow Jesus. That's who we are. Like in the early days, they would talk about early Christians. They're talking about like we're followers of the way. Like that's who we are. Our lives are really just marked by how well we follow Jesus. And for me, like Throughout my faith journey, one of the like most foundational scriptures for me <clears throat> is found in John chapter 14, verse nine. And it reads like this. And Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me? Philip, the, the one who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? And for me, I always wrestled with the idea of like, well, how in the world are we supposed to follow Jesus? We can't talk to Jesus. The disciples got to sleep with him, talk with him, be there around and eat food with him. Like they were right next to him. How in the world are we supposed to do it? And then I found this scripture right here. It's like, actually, just look at me. If you ever want to know what God would do in a scenario, how he would say, what he would think, what he would do, you look at the life of Jesus. Like Jesus is the physical expression of God on earth. And so when it comes to trying to figure out what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, we should be looking at his life, his patterns, his rhythms to figure out what does it look like to be a follower of his. And when we look at Jesus, I believe you see the rhythms we've been talking about. <laughs> like you see generosity, like the most famous scripture, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he, he gave. Like God initiated generosity to us by giving us Jesus. And so when we look at Jesus's life, what you see is someone who is constantly generous like he's choosing other people no one else would choose. Like he is extending his privilege for the good of other people. And that's who we've been called to be as followers of Jesus, people who use the power we have, the good we have, the privilege we have to uplift those around us. <laughs> you, you see the idea of spiritual practices in Jesus' life. I don't mean, but for me, sometimes the idea of Jesus is like, he's like this superpower, like Marvel superhero, right? Like he doesn't know what it's like to be a human. Well, you have scriptures like Luke chapter five, verse 16 where it talks about how he often withdrew to quiet and lonely places to pray in the midst of the epic, the, the turning water into wine, the, the healing the sick, the raising the dead to life. Like in the midst of the sports center, top 10 things you all talk about in Sunday school, or we were, or we've heard like all of the epic moments, like, you know, like if they were going to make a movie, that's the scene. That's the moment to create in the middle of doing all of that in thousands and thousands of people talking about him coming to follow him. He got away and he prayed. There's a rhythm of his to understand that he needed spiritual practices. Like if he was going to be who he was called to be, he needed to pray. He needed to worship. I mean, no one knew more scripture than Jesus did. Like he was, he was, uh, he knew scriptures better than all of the rabbis and the Sadducees and the Pharisees all around him. What you see throughout all of Jesus' life is he is someone who has spiritual practices marked in his routine. He often withdrew to quiet and lonely places. And then you have today's rhythm. Matthew chapter 20, verses 23 to 28, or 26 to 28, read like this. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom 
for many. <laughs> Jesus' standard for greatness is whether or not we serve. Like, like how encouraging is it to understand that if you and I wanted to be great in God's kingdom, we didn't have to get blessed with great genetics. We didn't have to be able to jump high, run fast, be ripped. We didn't have to be the prettiest person in the world. We didn't have to be the smartest person in the world. We didn't have to be from a certain demographic or history or lineage. No, no, no. To be great in Jesus' kingdom, all you have to do, serve. Like if you want to be first, you got to be last. Like serve, love, care, invest in people, be around people, help other people realize their full potential. To be great in God's kingdom, it's not about looking at me. It's about loving other people, lifting them up, serving them. It's amazing to me to understand that while I am someone who is riddled with insecurities and I see tons of people who can do what I do better than me, I don't have to be as good as them to be great. I just have to serve. I just have to show up, care, be consistent, be a part of other people's lives, help other people see in them what God sees in them. One of my favorite things when I was a student and I was in our next step pastor, Ryan Gray's youth minister, she would say this phrase a lot. And what he would say is, because that when God measures a person, he doesn't put the tape measure at the head. He puts it at the heart. Like when God's assessing how great we are, it's not about anything external, it's all about the internal. It's about the way you care, love, and see, and fight for the people around you. Like if there is like an, an inescapable theme in Jesus' life, like if his life was a movie, the thread throughout all of that, in my opinion, is really the way that he serves. Like if we are going to follow Jesus, then I believe with my whole heart, our lives should be marked by service. It should be marked by being people who make it a priority to love and care and reach the people around us. I mean, so much so as a church, like we've designed one of our core values around this. Like one of our core values is that we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. Like, like this for me was like the core value that immediately jumped off the page. It was like, oh, this is nuts. All of us, this whole place designed for other people? Like, so what you're telling me is the carpet could change if it had to. The, the, the worship set could be different if it had to be. We, we could do something a little unique in youth ministry if it meant reaching one more person. Like, what, well, it's, it's so captivating me to realize, like, as a church, we exist to contribute, to for, to invest, to love other people. What, what I would say a lot is like, this is kind of like a theological viewpoint of the church. But what I would say is that this isn't a country club for the elite. It's a hospital for the broken. This isn't where we come to shine for us. It's come so we can shine so other people can see him. This whole place is designed so that you could come and belong before you believe. That in the midst of your wrestle, in, in, in the deepest moments of despair, you have a safe place you can come with all the questions. It's not about us, it's about them. It's about creating a space to where no matter who you are, where you come from, you can exist and belong here. <laughs> so I am hammering serving right now. <laughs> so the answer is right, we must all quit our jobs tomorrow. <laughs> like let's all show up on Monday. Well, listen, I'll tell you, but I serve God and God wants me to serve. So I'm gonna need you to go ahead and stroke that check for me anyways. I ain't gonna be here all week. I'm gonna go give everything. I'm gonna go be about, I'm gonna need you to keep paying my bills because like bills are gonna need to still be paid. I'm gonna go buy me a cardboard box. I'm gonna sell my house because that's what God wants, right? Like we shouldn't have anything. There's no joy in this life. We should be constantly self-deprecating. We're gonna do all the things so everybody else can win. To heck with us though, right? Like there's gonna be no joy in our life. Everything we're designed is just to only live for other people. Let's go tell all the businesses, all the jobs, y'all take care of us because we're gonna take care of everybody else. No, <laughs> like, 
Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. Also, I'm not giving you an excuse not to serve. You see, I think there's a balance. I think there's rhythms. You see, what I think is if you do any of these by themselves, you leave empty. If you, do, if you focus on any one rhythm, it's like, that's the one I'm good at. I'm going to do that one. To heck with all the other ones. If you don't live in rhythm, you into this thing empty. <laughs> For example, let's focus on week one. <laughs> We're going to be super generous. We're going to give and give and give. <clears throat> we ain't going to serve, though, and we don't have any spiritual practices. So if you're really generous, but you don't have any of the other two, here's what's going to play out. One of two things. You are about to be the laziest bum in the world. <laughs> I'm not going to serve at all because I'm going to let my money do the talking. I ain't got no time for y'all, so here's my tithe check. You're welcome. Go on about your business. Or because I write my tithe check, I should get all of the rights to say all the things without any skin in the actual game. Or the other extreme, you're going to be so salty. The grumpiest fool in the world. Like, like, I'm writing this check. You ain't doing all these things. Da, 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 da. Well, you ain't been in the business or in the game yet to figure out how hard what you're asking us to actually do is, but you're stroking a tie check like that should solve it. Or it's some combination of both. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be lazy and grumpy and it's going to come together. But what it ends in is you not finishing this thing. You get to the end and you're upset at God because he didn't make your life perfect because you're really, really generous when you're doing the other things. Let's go to the other one. Spiritual practices. I'm a smack scripture. You know what I'm saying? Come at me. I got the Greek. I got the Hebrew. I know all the words. Can't nobody pray longer than me. I'm going to get up at the altars if we got to. I'm going to pray y'all under the roof. I'm going to be the last one in here. First one in, last one out. You know what I'm saying? I got this. I'm going to worship like nobody's business. I know all the best worship songs. I'm going to lose my mind up here at the front. My life might not look any different, but I'm showing up. going to be loud during worship. But I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give. So what you got is all of the understanding with none of the heart. I know a lot about God, but I don't really know God. My life doesn't reflect God. So you can run that play all you want, but what's going to wind up happening, again, you're going to get to the end and be completely unsatisfied. <laughs> and the rhythm I'm talking about today, some of y'all say yes to everything. <laughs> That's like your thing, man. Like people know, like you need something, call him. You need something, get her. She got you covered. And so you serve better than anybody. You are at all the things, at all the places, at all the times. When someone needs something, you fill the gap. And it feels great in the moment. You get all the dopamine because it feels great to be the person people go to. And you run that play, and you run that play, and you run that play, but you aren't generous, you don't have any spiritual practices. So what's happening is there's nothing going back in your tank. But you pour in, and you pour in, and you pour in. Eventually that cup runs dry. And then you get to the end, and you are mad at God for asking him and calling you to do all these things that you didn't take any time to ask him if he asked you to do that thing in that way, at that space, in that moment. Nah, man. God's not called us to live in a cardboard box and give everything else. But the thing is, is when you live in rhythms, that's never an option. Like God isn't calling you to live in extremes. He's calling you to live in rhythm because rhythm's sustainable. Extremes aren't. What I would say is, is that the power is in the rhythm. That's where sustaining's at. That's where the best life God's called us to be is when we are endeavoring to live in rhythm. One of my favorite scriptures is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. It reads like this. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. 
learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. This thing's a rhythm. This journey with Jesus has got ebbs and flows. It's got seasons where you serve a lot, seasons where you rest some. It's got patterns and routine and rhythm in it so that you can be sustainable because with every new season of life comes something different. God's never given you a play to run every day. No, he's called you to come to him daily to find the rest you need, to find the answer you need, but it's also not one or the other. He said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. And then the next thing is walk with me and work with me. It's both and. It's not either or. And it's so easy to live life thinking God is a black and white God and everything's either all this or all that. No, no, there's a lot of gray here. There's a grace here in the middle because human beings are complex and your story is different than mine and your family's different than mine and your journey is different than mine. So to think that there's a one size fit to what every person in the world is going through doesn't make any sense, which is why God designed it this way. So that you could find your rhythm. You could find your pattern. You could apply the idea of generosity and spiritual practices and serving in a way that's practical for you and your family. God does not want you being lazy on the sideline, making all the excuses to do absolutely nothing with your life. Simultaneously, God does not want you dying in the field, suffering because you have no time for the people who matter most to you because you're doing everything for everybody else. It's both and. There's a rhythm to this. There's a pattern to this. There's a routine to this. And my hope for you today to understand is my goal is not like to swing you from one ditch all the way over to here. My goal is if you are the person here and you know you need to create some patterns in your life to start serving. We can get you so more closer to the middle here. Simultaneously, if all you ever do is serve, your family doesn't get anything from you, you're exhausted, you're tired, then maybe it's time to take some rest. My challenge to you is to make serving a rhythm. And I don't know about you, but rhythms are not like something I was taught. This was not patterned for me. And what does that even mean, rhythm? It sounds real like ethereal. Like, how do you actually do that? And I read a book called Taking Back Your Family. It really changed a lot for me. But there was this idea in the book that I've really never heard before. <clears throat> and it kind of shifted my whole perspective on like how you can design rhythms. And, and what he said is, is that one of the best ways you know if something is important to you is if it shows up in your week. One of the best ways you can know if something's important to you is if it shows up in your week. How do we make serving a rhythm when we got to get it in our week? It's got to show up in our life as a pattern, as an importance, as something we value. It needs to be here. There's something Jared has said a lot to us as team leads, and it is that your feet do the voting. We can say things matter to us all day long. What do our feet say? How we spend our time, what does it say about us? What really do we value? You want to know what you value, figure out what gets the most of your heart, the most of your attention, the most of your time, the most of your thought, because those things, those really are the priorities. Those are the things that matter most to you. (laughs) If you want to know what matters a lot to you, look at the last 30 days of your life and find the things that showed up most. And if serving's not in there, serving's not a priority. Now, uh, to be clear, some of y'all are like, might be where I would be at potentially, which is like, oh crap, how do I fix this? I've got whole rhythms and patterns that have been designed. Like what in the world? No, no, no. You can't change the last 30. What you do have control over is the next 30. 
This isn't to beat you up, to make you feel like you don't got any of your stuff figured out. You are a terrible follower of Jesus. Am I even a follower of Jesus? Like, it's not bringing you all the way back to this point. My challenge to you is just to simply assess. What is my life said is important to me? And are those actually important? And when you find the moments where the cognitive dissonance exists, where it's like, actually, that's not that important to me. Figure out what it looks like to put the things that are most important to you. The, the, the beauty, in my opinion, of that quote, that like what matters most in your life you can find in your week is that when things become rhythms, <clears throat> when you miss one, it's not the end of the world. Why? Because it's next week. Because the rhythm in a song, when you miss that first note, it's going to come back around again. The beauty of living in rhythm and making things show up in your week is that when you miss one, the world isn't over. There's always the next time. Like this week, me and my wife didn't get a date night. We were doing something for the church, and so we didn't go this Friday. That's not the end of the world. Why? Because next Friday, me and Nicole are going to be chilling. <laughs> we're going to have us a good time. And it doesn't hit the same way because what I know is, is that it's a rhythm for me. I'm going to see it again next week. So the world isn't over. So how do we start? I would challenge you a few ways. Start at home. Just start at home. Husbands, love your wives. Ask them about how their day is. Take them on a date. Ask them some questions. Just spend some time with them. Like take a moment tonight just to ask them, what's going on, girl? Talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Tell me what, what, what's happening in your world. Wives, do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Show up tonight and just, just ask. Have a conversation. Be intentional just tonight to love each other well. It ain't just you and husband and wife either, but your kids. Love them. Create some space for them to be kids. Give a little bit of grace when the room's not clean the way you think it should be. Be a little bit more patient because they ask you the same dumb question for the 452nd time that day. Chill, it's gonna be okay. Love them. But what I would say is if you wanna learn how to serve, just start at home. Love each other well. Because that thing's gonna flow out everywhere else. <laughs> the next thing I would challenge you to do is the streets. When you get that waitress, that is just not it. And they are crossing you in all the ways. Breathe. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? There's a different restaurant you go to next time. The world is not over. You're gonna be just fine. Give some grace. Process whether or not, like, what just went down. For them to act that way, you know something popped off that you were not a part of yet. Something's happening, right? Like, like when you're at Walmart, just let people be. You know what I'm saying? Just, just let them be them. That's between them, Jesus, their family. ain't got nothing to do with you. Just get in your lane and stay in your lane, in fact. And my preference would be you stay in the right lane like we drive cars. That's a whole tangent that we can get on later. <laughs> but chill serve. When you see someone who can't carry the bags, just be the person to walk into their car with them. And they sound really simple because they actually are. Like serving doesn't have to be jumping on a cross for the whole world. Serving can simply be asking somebody how their day is. It could be simply just showing up because you know there's a space that needs filled. Some of y'all, it'd just be some nonprofits in town. Maybe the church ain't it for you. That's cool. Belong for you believe this is home. Maybe there's an organization outside in the streets that speaks more your vibe. Go serve there. Maybe we aren't your flavor and that's all right. Go find a place that is and serve. Be a part of helping and loving people. And lastly, I would argue the most easy one, the church. Here. Like if you're a follower of Jesus and this is home for you, be a part of it. 
There's a whole system we've designed because what we understand is that serving really needs to be a rhythm for you. And so there's something we do that's called attend one, serve one. And we have designed this for you because what we understand is when it is out of balance, it doesn't last. When you aren't serving at all, you have left the gifts and the gold God put deep down inside you on the shelf. And so the need the world needs met through your life doesn't get met because you're just chilling. Simultaneously, when you serve all the time, there's nothing else going back in. So as a church, we've designed a rhythm called a 10-1 serve one. You can serve one experience and you can serve another or vice versa that thing in a way that it's a sustainable practice for you. Whether it's live kids, tech team, worship, host team, switch, this whole thing is designed to hopefully help you understand your church prioritizes rhythms. Like this has never been supposed to be a guilt trip to you as a church. Our hope is, is that our feet will vote the belief that we will always want more for you than we want from you. We want you to serve for you. It isn't just for us. It isn't for us. It's because I fundamentally believe that when you get into a pattern of serving people, you see something special. That the things that God put you on earth to do start to rise to the surface. We believe that there's power in serving people. And we believe that because we've seen it. I've got a really good friend of mine, Jason Clark. And church was not my man's thing. (laughs) And he would tell you that. And he started kind of get back into church process through some things in life. And he started serving at build week, which starts tonight. And he showed up. And for the first time, like in his life, the things that made him, him, his gifts, his traits, his skills had a place to run. He could build stuff in the church. See this thing that had always been stuff for other people finally became his. See the church became home because he found a place that he could serve. Didn't know it. Didn't make it the first time he showed up. What he found though, is when he started serving using his gift, he found the place God had called them to be. It's like my friend, Brad Burris. Man, if y'all knew Brad's story, it, it's just incredible. But Brad shows up every single Sunday and he serves in life kids. And my kids who have to sit through multiple experiences because their dad happens to be a pastor, love coming to church because they get to hang out with Brad. Like they look forward to seeing him. And someone who does not share blood with my kids becomes someone my kids look forward to seeing every single week because he just decided to serve. He just had to bring what he had to the table. It didn't have to look like anything anybody else had. It didn't have to be somebody else's. It was his. And what he had was time and he chose to be here. And we've designed a system so he can breathe, he can serve, he can attend. I'll give you one more. My friend, Katie Scott, she started serving in our student ministry last year. And when I talked to her about serving, she was like, I can't, there's no way. I've got too much history. I'm not good enough. I can't be here. All of the doubts in the world. And she showed up and she showed up and she showed up and she got a messy group of girls, man. (laughs) And what's so amazing is they fell in love with her and she fell in love with them. And what became difficult became home. And so the very things that she thought were reasons she couldn't serve became the things that set her students free. What I need you to understand is you don't have to have all the answers. You have to be willing to move. It's just taking a step. And what you find in the journey is God never leaves you alone in your journey. He's always next to you along the way. I'm pitching this to you, not just because I've seen it, because I've experienced it. Like I am who I am because the sum total of people who chose to serve me. You've heard me talk about Ryan. You've heard me talk about Jerry, but it ain't just those two people. It's people like our drummer, Jason Heiner, who y'all might not know was one of my student leaders when I was a kid. And I was a fool. Like I was a mess. I drove that man crazy. You ain't never seen disrespect. Like you've seen the way I talked to Jason playing some ping pong. He's a bad time. But every single week, Jason showed up. 
And no matter how messy I was, how complicated I was, he was there for me week in and week out. And what I found was one more person in my life I could count on. It's like people like, uh, like Mama Tracy. Who in life was really hard for me. <laughs> and I didn't feel like I had home. <clears throat> and like most holidays for me were just constant moments for pain and arguments she made me feel like I was part of her family. Like I show up on like Thanksgiving and be welcomed. And we could have fun and we could eat and the food was bomb, y'all. Mama Tracy can cook, like she's so good at cooking. But for me, it started reshaping kind of what I thought holidays could be for families. It was so special to me. It's moments like, yes, like our lead pastor who when life was really hard and like I wasn't sure I could do this anymore, that I was called to do this. He brought me home anyways. He created a space for me to serve. He let me be on his team. And I've got to see what God can do when you finally find rhythms in your life that are actually healthy. When you start pairing generosity, when you start pairing spiritual practice, when you start pairing them with rhythm and you live in and out of this thing, what you start finding are there is all kinds of health. There's all kinds of beauty. There's all kinds of moments that wind up setting you free. My challenge to you today is if you are not serving, start somewhere whether it's at home, whether it's in the street, whether it's at church, if you're looking for how to do that here, we've got what we call connection cards. There's some physical ones in the seat backs in front of you. You can scan the QR code on the screen when Preston gets up here. And what it does, it lets you ask the questions. How could you be a part? If you're in here and it's like, well, how could God use me? How could God use my story? You don't know what I've been through. Bring us your story. We'll help you figure it out. Because you've got something. You don't exist for no reason. You exist for a purpose. You were created on purpose with a purpose. So if you're sitting in here, you're like, I have no idea how I could be a part of anything. That's why I'm not serving. It's not that I don't want to. It's that I can't see my place. That's cool. That's why we're here. Fill the calm card out. Start the conversation to find out that there's some gold inside you that you don't even know is there. And when you create some rhythms in your life, it'll start to shine. And it won't just be for you, but you're going to start seeing the people around you get changed. We serve because God's good to us. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. We'll read that one more time. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As a people, we, we serve not just because it's good for us, but because he was good to us. It's from him everything flows. It's from the understanding that while we were messy, we didn't want nothing to do with him, he was not on our mind, we were on his. It's understanding that in all the moments of your life that you think disqualify you from being a part of something special, from being special, from being great, it's all of those moments God is about to take and use those as the very thing that launches you into who he's called you to be. The most beautiful thing about God is no matter how nasty your backdrop is, he can turn it into a masterpiece. All you've ever had to do is give him space. So we serve not because we're guilted into it, not because it's just good for us, but because when we do it, we become who we've been called to be. And there's something so special about realizing the God-given potential inside you. God never asks you to do things just because he needs you to do something. It's because it's better for you. We respond to serving because our God saw us when no one else did. He fought for us when we couldn't fight for us and he chased us down when we were going the other way. The step to serve is worth it because he has been good to you. Let's pray. We're so glad you joined us for today's message. Our prayer is that God got the message you needed most today. 
If you're still here joining us and you're looking for an opportunity to connect to the Brick Church through giving, you can do that by texting the word BRICK to 45888. That's the word BRICK to 45888. The first time you do that, it's going to send you a link, give you the opportunity to connect that number to a credit card, debit card, or bank account. And as you connect with us and we partner together to reach people, we pray that God blesses you in your giving.